0: This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show.
1: Got it ahead to Shen, gave it away to Mahura, here's circle, centering pass for Kachuk to the backhand, he scores! Matthew Kachuk makes a nice move in the slot, and there was nothing Thatcher Demko could do about it. Find out more at Kromakai.ca as Demko makes another save. Here's a rebound for Horquist, and then Lombard jams it in on the third opportunity. Demko's down and in obvious pain in the Canucks' crease as the Panthers celebrate. And Ryan Lomberg makes it 3-0. And they're going to have to get the training staff out to attend to the Vancouver goaltender.
0: With the instant reaction from the players and coaches.
1: It was a 4-on-3 odd on Man Rush. But here come the Canucks the other way. 2-on-1 to go to Joshua down the left wing. He scores!
0: On the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
2: Canucks with an unserious performance on home ice against the Florida Panthers. Lose 5-1. Can't blame rest on this one. Panthers playing three and four nights. Canucks had a day off. Last game, guys didn't have the juice. Well, guess what? Tonight, they certainly didn't have it. Vastly outplayed. Really, it looked like uh, two teams playing two different sports. One team that has struggled by their standards, the Florida Panthers, coming into Vancouver and just laying it on the Canucks. 5-1 is the final score. And as much as the Canucks made it a bit closer towards the end, as far as the shot totals go, this game was so out of reach for Vancouver, essentially after the first period. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. Satyar Shah with Randy Bjanda and Bick Nazar. Now... I mean, I wondered, and Randy, we talked about this on the pregame show. I can't give this team the benefit of doubt after they won five out of six and they had that flat performance, listless performance against the Washington Capitals. And I said, okay, let's see how, what happens in this game. I can understand the argument of you guys didn't have it tonight, right? I can understand that. Sometimes that happens. And if we look at the stretch after, you know, 12, 10 games and say, hey, they won eight out of 10 and they had two losses in between, I don't care what it looked like. Fine. But the performance tonight, this is why this team can't be trusted, right? This is why they can't be trusted. Because even when you thought they're building towards something, and they were tangibly, you know, by their low standards this year because the team has struggled, this type of performance is inexcusable. This is Hall of Fame night. You have Daniel and Henrik Sedin here. Like, no extra juice. None. None
3: on a night like this. None whatsoever. And, you know, we had that conversation pregame, as you mentioned. I guess I was uh, glass half full... It's empty now, folks. It's empty after that loss because high danger chances, man. Like sixteen to five, it, they had none in the first period, and all those advanced stats. If you want to look at the one thing, but once again, it comes down to: all right, did you bring the effort, and did you play with some sort of structure on the defensive side of things, guys? And some of these goals tonight, especially that Sam Bennett one, the four nothing goal, when they're just backing up, backing up, backing yep. up in transition. Yeah, that was tough to watch. Uh, that was a that was a play where not only one player messed up, but you could see they're all just backing up, giving giving a couple of players lanes, and that was one example. So tonight, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt, I did it after the last game because you could say maybe fatigue, but guess what? The Florida Panthers had played three and four. This was their third game in four nights. They lost six of the last seven, so it was a it was a rough night. There's across the board, just in terms of, I, I think for me it was puck management and defensive yeah. zone. Coverage. It was just. It was a difficult night. I think for a lot of fans to watch, and I gotta say that was tough to watch for anybody who was in the building or outside the building.
2: And Bic, another night to get outworked. I mean, you talk about battles. It's like
4: Survivor, man. Outwitted, <laughs> outplayed, outworked, yeah. out whatever. Uh, and it, Bruce,
2: it, Bruce was saying yes, yes, yesterday. He's like, it's about winning battles. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and it, it's it's not just any one thing. It'd be nice. I know you mentioned height, uh, puck management, and you look at the last goal. It's. Like, kind of passes that, and go back to the Vegas game at home, putting bodies on people in front of the net. Yep. That's the third goal. Yeah. Just, it's the same habits forming over and over again. And I I feel like this is the the parents telling the kids to, like, eat the vegetables every time. It's like, it's good for you. Eat the vegetables. Just do the right things. and. Four dinners later, you got to reinforce eat the vegetables. That's good. Eat some damn broccoli. Come it's, on, yeah. it's, it's going to pay off in the long run. <laughs> Eventually, it will. And and you got to keep saying that over and over again. Like eat the vegetables. Do do the fundamentals. And it it, it, it can't just be
3: yeah ice cream for dinner every single <laughs> night. Listen, a lot of goals in this league come from mistakes, right? Some yeah. of the best goals that we see, but but make S- the other
4: team make
3: them earn those mistakes. Like the Sam Reinhart playing the Gustav Forsling goal, where he takes the the shot. And he gets his own rebound, and he sets up the next play. The effort and, on the other side and, was minimal, man.
4: And, and Jamie and I talked about this in the, in the intermission. Like, Thatcher Demko's got to look through a couple of bodies that are all his own. Yes. It's his own teammates. And it's not like they're battling and they got stuck. Brock Besser's, like, as if he's on the power play, trying to set a screen in front of his own goalie. And and JT's trying to clear the puck and get back into the lane, but he's kind of in a bad spot. And just, again, like...
2: We're talking about things that they can control. I'm just gonna keep saying like, eat your vegetables, man. <laughs> eat your veg. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's the simple things we talk about. And when they do it, when they do the simple things, and like they did in Colorado and Vegas, and albeit maybe those opponents took them easily or lightly or whatever, but still on tape, it, you put you put it on tape. Good, two good performances. Sure. Like how do you not translate that? Like how, is that how little faith you have in your own process? Or is that how little discipline you have? That as soon as as soon as things get a little uncomfortable for you, you can't do it. It's like, "Ah, oh, here we go again." Like th- it's very unserious behavior. I keep using that term because yep. it is. It's very unserious behavior. And they get stats. Look at the stats for these guys. <laughs> these guys can chase stats as good as anybody. Yeah, it was. It, it's
3: They get numbers. Yep. What does that do? Inflate their salaries. But are they winning hockey players? Like, come on. Over the last two years, we haven't seen that. And I know there was that stretch of games last year, but this is, you know, go time. You can't just, when every game is a playoff game, like it was last year, hey, you're running off of adrenaline. You're It's a must-win game. But right now is where you have to prove the points. And, you know, we talked about this on the broadcast, Batch and I, Sure, they're getting they're getting worked by Eastern Conference teams right now. They're 4 what 4-10 four and 1 or sorry 3-10 and 1 to start off the season. There's the assumption that there's still points on the table. Don't worry, you got to play these head-to-head games. But they got Arizona, Montreal and San Jose coming up on the board now. And You've beaten San Jose once, but those other games aren't gimmies. Montreal, remember what happened in Montreal? That was not an easy game for this team. So, you have to put your best effort Forward and the, the question or the the statement about being unserious, especially in their own end right now, guys. It it was in certain moments just difficult to watch the way that they're dealing with the skilled players coming down the other side. Yeah, like that Kachuk line. Any time the Canucks gave up the puck, it was straight the other way, and there was a chance. Most often than not, mm. if you're playing good teams, you gotta be able to deal with that. You gotta put in the effort. And on two or three of these goals, at the very least, in transition it was going back the other way and easy for the Florida Panthers. That's a problem. If you're going to lose is one thing. Yeah. But it's easy. Well, I'm trying to trying to think in my head
4: like what was the best scoring chance for the Canucks and what was the on-contact play in the defensive zone. Yeah. Right? Like I think the best scoring chance was probably the Miller hitting the
3: post. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Pedersen one late but he didn't get enough Probably you not. Know, in, in, in the yeah. third, yeah. In, in I, the
2: third, and I'm not trying to jump on you, no, but no. Like, score. It, yeah, it,
3: I, don't bring up
2: anything positive from the third. Nothing. The,
3: the, the it doesn't sure. matter. The, the third
4: period is fake hockey. Right? Yes. That was
3: that was Florida Panthers basically <laughs> it, saying, "Hey, we're ready for the next trip."
4: It, in the first 40 minutes, what was the best scoring chance, and what was the best like challenge play in the defensive zone?
3: Miller with the post. Best challenge play. Okay, that one's a tough one because legitimately there were very few tonight, if any.
4: I'm hard pressed to think of any. Please text it yeah.
3: if you saw one. I mean, the only, i mean, the, the two toughest moments we saw
2: was uh, Shen throwing that hit behind the net and JT Eric Miller Stull. fighting
3: uh, Radko Gudas after he hit Hulklander. I mean, those are the only two moments. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Eric Stall when he got launched behind and, and the and net. B- and yeah. by the way, yeah.
4: like we're talking about Luke Shen doing it again, right? Yeah. You know? It's Luke like Shen. It's, it's always Luke Shen I know you've brought this point up In years past that It's like How come somebody always Has to bring somebody Into the fight And it's always the same characters Yeah Previously it was Tyler Mott Or Matt Highmore Last or year
2: Connor Garland Yeah even.
4: And it's It's gotta be your best guys. And to be honest Like I thought Coming in tonight And, and this is Hopeful optimism I thought I, I was expecting a good performance mm-hmm. and, and most notably From Elias Pedersen Had a rough one And you know Good players bounce back I was expecting If that guy is going Everyone's gonna be going Yeah and, yeah, he struggled. He's not the only one who struggled tonight, but he struggled, and, like, you just lost 5-1.
3: Yeah.
4: You're going to do the same thing again?
3: Yeah, it's... They did? We've been saying this for the last one year. The answer is
2: yes, Spick. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we've been asking
3: this question for the last year or so, the look in the mirror yeah. question, right? Like, the best players have to be the best players, but the best players have to bring the uh, the best effort, and simply, tonight, didn't have it, guys. Well and they, they didn't bring it. a
4: magic mirror.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. and
4: invest in a new mirror. Well, the magic mirror just tells you that you're great, so I think that's what's happening here.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is. I mean, you look at text inbox here. This is not professional hockey; it's a joke, and all these sort of things. Bester has to go; he's useless. And, and I mean, well, there's a lot of a lot of if that they're disinterested, in fiction, why should I be interested? Well, in comment of comments course. Coming in. Of course. I mean, if if you have more passion watching the game than these guys have playing the game, like that's that's not a good sign. I mean, tonight's this this is this is embarrassing. I'm sorry. I mean, it's Hall of Fame night. Yeah. The crowds here. You have Henrik and Daniel Sedin. They're in the middle of the ice, being celebrated for great careers, being at the absolute height of hockey in Vancouver for a while. And and how does the team respond?
4: Especially in contrast, when you just saw like you were in Toronto Hall of Fame Weekend. Yeah. You saw the, the Borys Salming tribute. Yeah. And you saw how that team.
3: Well, not in, in the first. No, but yes, I know, but, but, yes. but they did eventually. They
4: clicked in, and they were down in that game. Just yep. like the Canucks were here tonight, and you know, even Austin Matthews after the game, it's like, wow, you can see the, like, like what the reward looks like. Yes, playing in a Canadian city tonight. Th- it was a good crowd to begin the, the the game, and they were energized by what they saw. Man, like, it, it's it's. I know we've said not good enough. I mean, it's, not about, it's, and it's yeah. It's I want to read this that. text here uh, coming in uh, earlier. Just because, look, it's obviously going to be a tough one. Uh, and James Davidson from Oak Bay BC saying, uh, "Guys, the season seems like a roller coaster ride from negative to positive responses. We need to hang into it, loyal to the end, and like that's fantastic. But like this is this team does this roller coaster, yeah. And it's 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 hard to wait for the ride to end and even smooth out because it's it's constantly just going to be
3: up and down, up and down. And I think the thing in the games that, especially today, where on the power play, there's a moment where JT Miller has a chance, and he just gives the puck to Sam Bennett the other way. Like that's a moment where you can try to get back into the game, where you're, you're you have a chance there. Two more
4: Hughes in the second, and, and, yes. and Hughes goes and the he ball. goes yeah. the other way.
3: You know, there's the Hughes uh, and and the pa- bad pass on the on the five one goal where it bounces off the the yeah. boards. Like the lack of focus in big moments is the concerning part. Where not only are you losing, but The lack of focus goes not for one guy, two guys, three guys. Mm -hmm. And and that's the concerning thing to me is, hey, you had a chance to get back in that game on the power play. And that one giveaway leads to a couple of bad other plays. And and there you go. There goes the momentum out the window. Yeah. Well, that's what it's been. And I mean, and we haven't even hit the uh, maybe what
2: should be the biggest story of this game. Thatcher Demko getting injured, Mm -hmm. and it looked bad, like really bad. And he, hey, we don't know what the injury is yet because we haven't heard any word. Um, You know, people are wondering: is it knee injury? Is it hip injury? Is it hamstring? We don't know. All all I know is he reached for his knee, slash hamstring when he went down, and he went his right leg. And when he was helped off the ice, and I had the bird's eye view of watching as he goes down the tunnel. He was putting no weight on his right, like none, and he had, and it was—he was going so slow. He looked like he was in excruciating pain trying to walk through the tunnel. So that looks bad. But the reason it doesn't seem like that big of a story is partly he hasn't been great. But the way the season is going, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like okay, Demko's hurt. Okay, whoop dee. I mean, well, this team sucks it's, it's, anyways. It's, it's that's, a, that's, scenario, that's a response. Though, right? But if you want the team to go on a downward spiral. Not having some backbone, well, with how you perform. Clearly no backbone in this type of performance. But also, if you don't have backbone where you're goaltending, well, if you, want, if you want the team to tank for Bedard, maybe it naturally happens with the way these guys are not taking this seriously. And now you don't have two goalies. And, hey, have you looked at the stats in Abbotsford? Delia and Silovs aren't playing well. Mm-hmm. The numbers don't look good.
3: Yeah, this this whole scenario with Thatcher because that injury, the way, you know, you look at that replay, and it maybe in real time it looked like Hornfist went by, made a little bit of contact, but that contact wasn't the case. It was you yeah, could see I, it, the injury happened right before that. And anytime that happens, you start to worry, right? You start to say, Okay, wait a second, a twist this way could mean anything, whether it's the hip or the knee. But guys, just looking at that, it didn't look good. And we'll have to wait and see for that. But this team, honestly, if they play like that, I don't care who's in it it could be Brian Demko you're not going to steal that many games it Prime it, it, it's not going to happen so th- yes it's a troubling thing and you hope Spencer's uh, you know th- sorry Thatcher's okay but at the same time I like I think mostly for this team to figure out defensively it, can you can you have a backbone can you have any sort of backbone in these games is going to be key whether it's Spencer Martin Thatcher Demko Colin Delia whoever's in that and you know you hope for the best with Thatcher it,
4: it, it happened right from the get go too right because like Let's not pretend that there weren't rush chances. Some of them even got broken up. But yeah, Burhagi you know. in the opening couple of minutes, two. Yeah, his first shift, he got two kind of on through on goal, uh, in through on goal opportunities. One from the wing, one through the center that kind of that that got whistled down. But like they were available and. Uh, it, it continued throughout the the first period. Uh, Heppo Niemi got a chance. Lomberg obviously gets a chance and uh Itu uh gets a chance. It, yeah. it it was a lot leading up before the goal, before the injury uh for Thatcher uh and like that's the thing it, it never feels like they can lock in defensively and still contribute off- offensively. It's it's like they have to have a trade-off.
0: Well,
2: this take from Sergio from Vancouver, seeing Lou and the Sedins reminded me of how steady and professional that team was. Time to blow up the core. Fans are so apathetic they didn't even throw jerseys on the ice. Is Horvat the first chip to fall? That's Sergio from Vancouver. But that point about Lou and the Sedins and and how steady and professional they were, they were. And we were talking on the pregame show, and we've been talking about this you know, throughout all the shows, when you're not playing well, do you have a system to fall back on? Like, What are you falling back on structure-wise or what your identity is as a team when you don't have it in a given night? Like, What what do you do instinctively and as a team that makes it harder for the opposition to beat you no matter what, right? They haven't had it for four years. No. They haven't, no. But going back to that team, how many nights, the Sadin team and all that sort of, how many nights, do you remember watching that team going like, these guys don't have it tonight. This is boring hockey, but they ended up winning 3-2. Right Or they were in the game, at least. It was a close hockey game. They found a way to get a point out of it. There was, you're like, why is this game so boring? AV is such a defensive-minded coach, yada, yada, yada. But they were nice. They didn't have it. But they still played professional hockey. They weren't making mistakes. They got the puck deep. They, they played within their structure, and they cleared the net. They were a professional hockey team. That On nights where they didn't have the energy, they had something to fall back on. They had discipline. These guys don't have any of that. It's like a scorer it. in basketball who's like, "Hey, I'm not shooting well tonight, but you know what I can do? I can get to the free throw line.
4: Yeah. I still have to contribute points, and I have to do it somehow, any which way." And there are nights, yeah, like 14 guys aren't going to have it. But can you play structurally sound? Can you just get the puck out? And it goes back to puck management. Like honestly, there, there was a moment in the second period where Kuzmenko just got it deep, and I said, "Oh, like,
3: yeah, just a sigh of relief, really, because right?
4: he was about 38 seconds, 40 seconds into his shift, and he got it deep, and it's like, okay, that's." Something we didn't see in a couple games past. That is a low bar of, of talking about guys that are doing the small things correct.
3: And, boys, we said all those things after they beat San Jose. Gutsy win. Hey, they looked tired, but they grinded through and they ended up getting that win. Tonight, they're a rested team, and they didn't come close to beating yeah. a tired team. So when you talk about professional wins and you talk about you know that team back in 2010-2011, that had a bunch of guys on that roster that, A, were vets, but also held each other accountable, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's where I think it comes down to, you know, guys in that room saying, hey, we can't do this anymore. And yeah. at some point, that comes to an end too, because how many but times are you going to like, say that, right? Yeah, we've heard that so many times. Exactly. Yeah. It's
4: a kid, I'll, tomorrow I'll eat my vegetables.
2: Yeah, I'll clean my room tomorrow. Yeah. No, you're not doing it. Hey, Randeep, great stuff, man. We look forward to hearing you coming up on the weekend. Well, we'll see how the Canucks fare.
3: All right, boys. Have a good one tonight. I know the text box, inbox is probably bumping. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, no doubt about that. It's always bumping. 650-650, uh, Dunbar-Lumber. Keep those thoughts coming in. Canucks lose 5-1 against the Florida Panthers on home ice. They came into this four-game homestand hoping to get to 500 and above 500. Not only is that not going to happen, the best they can do on this four-game homestand is be 500. So they wanted to get to 500, but the only the homestand could be 500. Yeah, at best. At best. At best.
4: Unless they can miraculously form a, a three-point night or something like that. N- not, great, no. not great. Not great. Uh, not a thing? Not a thing?
2: Uh, no, right. a lot of reaction on the text box. 650, 650, 650 Viking stat. Not just Luongo and the Sedins. We have no Kessler, no Burrows. no Biexa. We don't even have a Yannick Hansen. Um, this one Who, says. by the way,
4: you'll hear tomorrow on Canuck Central.
2: Always. I can't wait to hear his thoughts. Honestly, <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Uh, no, so, because it, it's, it's, it's not just that it was one bad
4: performance. It's back-to-back 5-1 losses. Yes. And, yeah, like,
2: Yannick will be fired tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Yannick is going to be fantastic, and I can't wait to hear his thoughts. Franco from Burnaby. Do you guys think Canucks management are playing with fire, not making trades now? What happens if a Horvath, Garland, or Besser are lost because of injury? It will set the organization... Uh, farther back any thoughts on that that's Franco from Burnaby I, I mean I, I don't think the equation has changed I think they want to make trades I, I'm just not sure where the market is for trades but the point is still a good one the longer it takes you to make a trade and for you to find the market the long, the more variables enter the equation, equation. yeah and Somebody and might get hurt, this might happen, that may happen. And the more risk you absorb. Exactly. Now, the way Connor Garland has struggled, I'm not even sure if they are trying to trade him. Same thing with Brock Besser. Is this the time? I'm, I'm there for it. But I don't know if it's a, it's a matter of they're just waiting for these guys before making trades. I think it's trying to align to make trades. And we'll see how, what happens. The one thing we've been talking about, Bix, so much, and we don't know this and we're going to find out, do they eventually say, we're not going to win this trade, let's just make this trade? Mm-hmm. And it clear gives us some cap space. It gives us a change. It, but it's, it's, we just have to bite the bullet on this. You
4: do have to look at like team construct outside of the framework of one trade, right? Because you can lose a trade. Does clearing 1.8 million, 2.4, whatever the number is, does that mean it allows you to do another trade? Because right now, they're kind of stuck with some... yeah. Trades. Now they they have uh, Asset liquidity and so they can be Flexible but right now their options Can be kind of limited Because of the opportunity Because of the, the, the money In money out. It's, yeah. There are desirable Assets here. It's just The timing of when it Of
2: when they become more valuable Yeah and the only question is And we don't know this is if they've been holding off On doing something and at some point You well, don't hold off anymore
4: What's the timeline that we've talked about? December.
2: Yeah, that's usually when things start happening. Just what day it is today, Sat. December first. Getting there, man. Getting closer. We're, we're
4: we're getting to that stage, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it. I still don't know if it will come fast enough for fans, uh, because we've talked about the the, ec- the economic landscape of the league right now, where you know 68 to 70 percent of the cap is, uh, the the available total money spend uh, is residing with four teams right now: mm-hmm. Anaheim, Arizona, Chicago, and Buffalo. Those four teams own most of the cap, so if you want to make free up money moves, those teams get to hold you to the fire and say, "Well, give me something, give me something," because you don't really have options right now.
2: So, and then if you're looking to make other trades, you got to wait for the market to develop.
4: You just, yeah, you have to, you have to just let it stop or wait this out. And I've talked about holding pattern before, and that's frustrating to, absolutely frustrating here. And I get people's, uh, I sympathize with people who said, "Look, I don't want to watch 18 more games of this." I understand that, but. The reality is it's it's a certain timeline has to pass, and, and other teams have to have the same motivation as you. And at that stage, it's it's daring to try to do the, here's my problem, here's your problem type of trade. Yeah. You you do have to start building towards something bigger outside of just, uh, hey, let's see if we can fix the next uh, 48 games. And the
2: teams that are contenders aren't quite there yet. And the teams that um, may be... And teams aren't quite desperate yet mm-hmm. enough yet. That may change in a bit, and we'll see what happens. And while well, the Canucks, a lot of work in front of them. We'll get to more of to more of your reaction. We hear from head coach Bruce Boudreaux as the Canucks' central post game show rolls on. It is Satyarshaw with Bik Nazar on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
0: Now more of the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Join the discussion. Text us at 650-650 or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Got it ahead to Shen, gave it away to Mahura. Here's circle, center and pass for Kachuk to the backhand. He scores. Matthew Kachuk makes a nice move in the slot, and there was nothing Thatcher Demko could do about it. The Panthers take a 1-0 lead on
2: former Calgary playing Matthew Kachuk's 11th of the year. Canucks lose 5-1 on home ice against the Florida Panthers. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shah with Vic Nazar. Uh, get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text in the box, 650, 650. Uh, We will get to some phone calls as well coming up in a few minutes, and we will hear from head coach Bruce Boudreaux as soon as that becomes available here. It is sat with Bick, And uh, a lot of the reaction, as you would imagine, uh, is uh, – well. A lot of it sounds similar because of the anger and frustration. Some of it we can't read. No, some of it we can't. But keep setting it in. Of course. We'll try to read as many as we can. And, and try to clean it up as best as we can. I feel bad. Like Art from Calgary says he's, a, he's an 80, 88, 88 year old man, been watching the Canucks since day one. I like to go with peace. Tonight was my last game I'll ever watch. And well, I mean, Art's been Thanks for, listening, Art. Thanks for listening, Art. And we'll see. And, and hopefully you'll be back listening and watching because, hey, I mean, that's what you've been doing. And regardless, but still. But my point being, that's how fans are feeling. Like I'm just I've had enough of watching this. Alistair and Clearwater absolutely hilarious to some delusional people thought this team was back just because they strung together with three wins. I want to see this team lose their next 15 games if it means this idiotic management team is going to wake up and blow up the team like they should have done 10 years ago. Alistair and Clearwater. And well, that sentiment. No, I know I understand, but that <laughs> regardless, but my point being that sentiment Including the frustration at management for their inaction, and yeah. so to so to speak, is a very very common theme in our text inbox right now.
5: Yeah,
4: and and there's some even here that like I'm I'm scared of management making a trade. Uh, they will want the player in the lineup, like they keep forcing Stillman in. It's like the Stillman one is uh, fairly confusing of how he keeps getting into the lineup. And yeah. look, like, I understand. Look, like, the, the the outside of just coaching decisions and player value and all that sort of stuff, but you're not really helping yourself in any which way uh, with with him in the lineup uh, in this one. I wonder if Alvin's bias for preparation drastically uh, out uh, strips his bias for action. Maybe the inability to make any significant move to date is a case of paralysis by analysis. Uh, I, I would again, we, we've talked about that. I would chalk that up to more the the landscape currently of the the NHL trade market, uh, and and also it's it's do you want to wait this out when t- someone like Tyler Myers becomes more valuable? Like, like That's the thing I keep asking. Like, I understand people want trades. Yes. But do you just want out of some of these players or do you want to try to wait this out and have the patience to say, Tyler Myers at some point at retained money, and once the signing bonus gets, it's only going to cost someone 500K real cash. Yes. And if you retain it, 3 million on someone's cap. Like At that point, it becomes much more valuable. Yes. And is the asset reward worth it to wait out till next September.
2: Well, and if you're asking, and if you are, if you want to rebuild, that means you're willing, willing to have some patience. And the reality of lining up your rebuild is also lining up your assets to sell them at the right time. And the reality is you can't just decide to become a seller today and sell everything off. Like, even stripping something down takes time and you need opportunity. need interested in partners for timing as well. Uh, I
4: think that's an important thing too. I know we talked about it. Like, the the two parties have to make a trade but timing is also imperative not just value uh, assessment
2: yeah and it's not to say they shouldn't make trades of course they should it's more about realistically how they should how they can kind of come come to be but here's here's the thing they got to figure it out you got to find answers and, look, look, and, look. and 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 you can't just say hey it's hard to make trades it's always hard for teams to improve themselves it's always hard for teams to make trades Good teams, good managers, find a way to do it. These guys have only been here for not even a full year as a group. We'll see how it goes, but that's really what it comes down to. Can you find some answers?
4: And and look what people are asking for right now in, in the in in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Lackluster, no effort, lazy, quicksand, slow, uh, nobody wants to skate. That's from Cory and Swift Current, yeah. uh, Saskatchewan, Tone Compone. I did a better job cranking the siren before the third. Effort was pathetic from these guys tonight. People just asking for effort. Tone was,
2: tone was cranking the siren at the rink. Attaboy, really? Tone Capone. I, I missed I missed it. I was walking back. I, I was in the bowels, yeah. Uh, I wish I could have seen. But, yeah, Tone, attaboy. Brought some energy. I could hear it. I know that much. Uh, Bob in North Vancouver. At what point does the coach delight in being fired or even hope for it? I don't know if Bruce hopes for it, because I'm not sure there's another job waiting for Bruce. Like, what's the the best-case scenario for Bruce? Bruce Is it to get fired and go somewhere else? Realistically, it's probably for it to turn around here. And for it to turn around, they play better, Mm -hmm. let's say magically get into the postseason. i just say the best case for Bruce, it probably would be that, because I'm not sure he's going to be scooped up right away.
4: I'd be surprised.
2: And not just because I don't think he's a bad coach or anything, but... He wasn't really sought after before. Mm -hmm. For all the credit he got last year, this year doesn't look great. And a lot of people have the same kind of questions about what they're looking for coaching-wise. So I don't know if he wants to get fired. Maybe part of him is tired of it, but I don't know. I'd say that there's still a big part of him that understands. You'd have to wait out for an opportunity anyways. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phone boards. A lot of reaction on the phone boards. Six zero four 280 Let's start off by going to Jose in Lions Bay. Jose, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight?
6: Hey,
7: Sad, Hey, Vic. You know, guys, I, and you've heard me mention this, I think, when I've called you before in the past. One guy I really miss is Tyler Mott. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to do the Ilya Mikaev-Mott comparison, but last year I, I did hear the words Highmore and Mott. Those guys would be ready to jump into any fight, stir up the team, provide that effort. Kind of reminded me of guys like Yannick Hansen and Biaxa, who have played more with an edge. This team is definitely they're lacking guys. They're lacking leadership. They're lacking guys with high motors that want to get into the fight and and really get the rest of the team going. And it just this team lacks soul. And so I, I'm finding it really frustrating when I look at the, the Rutherford management group, and I don't see anything. Like, I see nipping around the edges. We've heard Thomas Strands mention that in the past as well, too. But I don't see anything significant. Um, and if you want to do a rebuild, there are teams out there that are hurting right now that would kill to get some of our assets. And, you know, I'm thinking about the Rangers as a great example because they're struggling like crazy Either you work with a team that's looking for an assets where we can maybe get a little younger, or honestly, you got to get more character guys into that dressing room because I love Needles I'm on. I, I love some of the new guys they brought in. But quite frankly, when, when it, it turns into a battle or a war, I just don't know if those spots should be taken up by guys like that right now. Anyways, back to you guys.
2: Hey, uh, thanks for the phone call. That, that is Jose from Lions Babic. Yeah. Um a, a, again when you when you
4: echo players like Mott and Highmore, what's one thing that they brought? Effort. Ener- energy and effort. Energy and effort. And tonight it lacked a lot. Um, you know the the Joshua Lazar Oman line tried their best to spark something. Uh Joshua threw throws a hit, gets a goal. JT Miller's the one that has to fight. Uh yeah, no, I, I totally understand the sentiment from Jose. It's it's using principles of, of people we've seen in the past of Tyler Mott, but, man, like we, we talk about the same things. It's like someone has to drag them into the fight. It's a bigger issue than just, oh, the fourth-line energy guy. It's internally who's prepared to extract the best out of your own talent. On a night, again, you, I know you've said this so many times, on a night when there's three examples of guys who do that all the time. Yes. We're, we're not that far removed from Kevin Bexa being in the arena and, and giving them the big speech. And we say this all the time. It's like if it has to come down to speeches and ceremonies for these guys all the time, that's a big problem. Listen, uh, valedictorians are great, but you're still in high school. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and this text coming in, it's like they're not lacking around the fringe.
2: They're, they're not they're I mean th- I get th- the sentiment. They kind
4: of are But it's not the problem That's not solve. the problem
2: No I mean Listen they have Karna Garland and Brock Besser Making 11.5 million dollars Giving you nothing essentially Right now In terms of a push Now they're better players Than what they've shown The whole mix here is off though. I mean we've gone through It so many different times But uh, we'll see ultimately Where it leads Let's continue on the phone boards We are going to get to Head coach Bruce Boudreau As soon as that audio Becomes available for you Let's go to Burnaby Where, where we have Connor On the line Connor thanks for calling in uh, What do you have for us tonight?
5: Pretty laid
2: back fan. I
5: like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt as much as the next guy. But at some point, we need to see some accountability from upper level management, hockey ops. Like they came in with, you know, grand plans and said they weren't afraid to be aggressive in the market and be making big decisions, lots of buzzwords, lots of publicized, you know, virtue signaling hires, et cetera, et cetera. Yet all they've managed to really do is make our defensive core worse <laughs> in bringing in probably statistically the worst defenseman in Canucks history through his first 12 games in Riley Stillman and blame Bruce Boudreaux publicly multiple times. And I know, like you are saying, Sad, we can't blame the market forever. I hear what you're saying. Uh, they can't blame the market forever. But I'm tired of no accountability whatsoever from this brand-new, highly-paid set of newbie execs Yes, we got a few key offensive pieces, but with this defensive core, we're never going to gain any real ground in the West. Like, you know this too. It's so obvious. Like, Tyler Myers has 40 PIMs this year without a single fight. We've known it for years. Anyways, uh, thanks, guys. Wish I could be more optimistic, but love the show.
2: Hey, uh, thanks for the phone call, Connor. And I think Connor absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it, right? I mean, uh, and. I do agree with the overall point, though. This has gone on long enough now. When is accountability happening? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be the coach first? I don't think he's the one that deserves it, but he's the easiest decision to make. Are we getting to that point? Because, I mean, fans now want it. Fans want accountability, and Mm -hmm. Bruce isn't being defended anymore. Not to say that he's the one that should be taking the blame for it here, but that's the easiest one to do. We've heard all the buzz around him. Now you're kind of coming back. You're back home again, two really listless losses. That doesn't look good on the coach. The coach calls out the team. We're going to get to his audio in a second. They fall flat. These are not good things. You know what I mean? And I'm not blaming Bruce, but you start lining things up. Does that mean Bruce could? I don't know. All I know is that nobody's being held accountable for – unprofessional hockey. And if you, want it, if you want to set standards as a management team, when are you going to send that message? No, you you do have to send a message at some point, and I don't know how you're going to do it, because you, apparently you have a hard time making trades at the moment, but a message has to be sent. Like This can't just be acceptable.
4: Uh, I will say the whole Riley Stillman thing, uh, while we have certainly critiqued his play on the ice, that was more about the Jason Dickinson out than it was Riley Stillman in. That's more about, hey, this contract lines up to what we can do. Like this is all we can really pull off here. Yeah. Um. I don't know if this management group specifically target Riley Stillman as much as they try to get Jason Dickinson off. However, what he's doing on the ice is completely unacceptable.
8: Yeah.
2: No, it's, it's not. It's completely. It's it's not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. Let's take one more call, and we're going to head coach Bruce Boudreau. Uh, here is Paul in Coquitlam. Paul, thanks for calling in. Uh, what are your thoughts tonight?
9: Oh hey guys! I, uh, yeah, I just want to expand a little bit on the comments uh, about passion that you guys were talking about, and then Jose that called in made uh, made mention of. And yeah, I, I think I mean there is serious cultural problems with this team. Um, like I've I've played on beer league teams where I like everybody on the team and everybody likes each other. I've played on beer league teams where nobody likes each other. And this, and it's noticeable on the ice. I mean, these guys, they they don't seem to like each other, for for lack of a better way of saying it. Like, just you know, they just lost ten to two collectively over the last two games. At home, they completely stunk up their home arena. And you look on the bench in the third period, and they're they're not even talking to each other. They're just kind of moping about. Like, I don't mean, mean to be insulting, but they look like sulking children. They do not look like adult men that are out to do a job. I mean, think of past teams of the Canucks, right? You mentioned Bieksa, Burroughs, you know, you can go back to Willie Mitchell, Jovanowski, Mameso, etc. All good teams in the Canucks history, they've had those character players that, like you say, drag them into the fight. There is not a single guy on this team save for luke shen that seems to give a darn about what's going on i wouldn't be surprised if they lost 10 nothing 12 nothing and their reaction would be the exact same i mean it's it's down to professional incompetence in my opinion and so yeah that's that's my thought and this isn't just because of the last couple of days their last couple of games this has been ongoing for a couple of years
2: now Hey, Paul, thanks for the phone call. That's Paul calling in from Kukotlum. And it has been going on for a couple of years. Like what we're seeing now, because it's exactly the same type of stuff we saw last season outside of the 57 games. And even in those 57 games, as we've been outlining, there are moments where this type of stuff happened, where they had an opportunity, they would fall flat against teams like Buffalo and Detroit on home
4: ice. Just last game, post-game, we were talking about when there's equal stakes and, and you look like you get an honest effort from the opponent. How do we usually grade the Canucks? Well, again, the Florida Panthers put in an honest effort for about 35 minutes and said, thanks for the two points, we'll coast for the next 25. And they coasted. They did. And you can do that because you put up 27 shots in the first 40 minutes and you say, hey, we only need to get five in the third period. Don't worry about it. And enjoy taking your chances, but it's 5-1. Good luck coming back into this. It's it's when there's equal stakes you really see what this team is made of, and at the beginning of the season there was equal stakes and you kind of go through it. uh How many nights you know? Again, last year backup goalie. How many teams were motivated? How many teams were kind of coasting through it? That's why the management group wasn't really that impressed. That's why a lot of people even in the summer said, "Hey, like push the button on the rebuild now." Yeah. And you try to do some things, but obviously not enough. And it's just going to accelerate those conversations all over again, uh, leading into this Christmas break, leading into the trade deadline, and obviously uh, how much they can probably accomplish in the summer as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of reaction on the text inbox. Uh, this one from Colin and Caribou. Meh, they, they are who we thought they were. No surprise or outrage for me. As for management, I'll judge them based on their actions as the trade deadline approaches. This core needs a shake-up, and it's coming. That is Colin from Caribou. Keep your thoughts coming in. We'll get to more of your text messages, and we'll hear from you on, the, on the phone boards as well. But up next, it is head coach Bruce Boudreau as the Canuck Central postgame show rolls on on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
0: Back to more Canucks Central postgame show coverage. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
10: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's just like uh, immaturity. Like we, we talk all the time about, you know, we weren't, we weren't having our best period. There's three minutes to go, get it into the house, reset. Give up three consecutive goals on shift, back to back to back. I mean, it's you know we uh, we don't show uh, enough maturity as a group for a more, an extended period of time, and that's what we're working on.
2: That is JT Miller after the Canucks lose five one against the Florida Panthers, and this is the Canucks Center post game show on Sportsnet six hundred and fifty and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satiar Shah with Bic Nazar. Uh, we called it an unserious performance. JT calls it an immature performance, especially those two minutes at the end of the, th- of the first period, which also culminated in Thatcher Demko going down with injury. And uh, before we get to more of our takes and your takes on the text inbox and also on the phone boards, as promised, we are going to get to head coach Bruce Boudreaux and see what he has to say about Thatcher Demko's injury, but also just in general, what happened in the first period.
11: I really don't know like I mean uh, um, we were being outplayed I mean sure and then they scored the first goal I'm sitting there again okay let's let's get that not get that back but let's have a a stop or shift in the next one then they score again and then uh, it seems like we're watching the play going what's happening and then they score the third one and poor leave Demmer out out to dry and obviously it wasn't very good but it just uh, seems like giveaway after giveaway after giveaway. and just,
1: mm. Do you have an update on Thatcher?
11: Not yet, no.
1: How much confidence do you have in Spencer if he has to go on a run
11: of games well, here? Well, I mean, we've got a lot of confidence in him. I mean, he's played great for us. Uh, but I, until I know what the situation is, I don't want to really say too much about it.
12: JT said there was uh, immaturity throughout the lineup tonight. Is that what you saw?
11: Well, I'd like to know what he meant by immaturity. I, I just thought we had no pushback. Um, you know, I mean you'd like to think that after the last game that you know, we didn't we went for twenty minutes yesterday that there would be a lot of energy knowing and we knew that uh Florida would come out because they were down three nothing after one in Calgary and they'd lost two on the road and uh it's just like uh we were watching them play and it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate. And we'll go back to the drawing board. How we can play so good in one week and then so bad the next week? It's uh, it's pretty mind-boggling. Like I would have put us against anybody after playing Colorado and Vegas, and and then coming back at five o'clock and still beating a San Jose team that won their next game for um, nothing, and and then took the Leafs to the wire. So I mean, uh, it's it's just. Uh, it's hard to understand, I mean why why we're doing this at home and we're playing good on the road right now,
1: do you have an explanation as to why you struggled at home do you think
11: no oh, if i if I had any reason i'd i'd fix it if i you know i mean um, you know we, we talk about it all the time we don't we don't know i mean the one thing we can control uh, I'm sure we've got a team that doesn't go out and uh, crowds too much and there are a lot of family men on the team, so i mean uh, the rest I'm not worried about, but uh, it's uh, it's a little bit mind-boggling how you can lay two eggs in a row like that at home.
1: You moved Hoglander back up to the Horvat line midway through the game. What were you looking for there, and what did you think of
11: his game? Just being? speed and energy, and until he made that play at the, for the fifth goal, I thought he was you know he was one of the few guys that was was playing with a lot of energy. I mean, it was you know sort of an experiment that we had at practice a little bit yesterday, so. You know, the rope was really short, but I wanted to see if there was anything to that, and uh, um, evidently I didn't think there was. The uh,
12: sequence in which Demko was hurt, there were four straight shots from four different Panthers. Do you think that contributed to the injury?
11: Uh, I mean, the fact that he had to make four saves, I'm sure going left and right and left and right probably didn't help any. But um, not being a doctor, I don't know uh, how much, it, whether it was just one of the shots or, uh, but by moving back and forth, he was doing his damnedest to try and stop them all and almost did. So what
12: what has to happen so that a goalie isn't facing four straight shots? Is it blocking out? You know What is it?
11: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously we have to box out. And we have to come back harder. We've got to do a lot of things better. I mean... That very rarely happens, and, and it should never happen to one of our teams. And, and uh, uh, you know, until I really look at it again and, and uh, get everything down, I mean, I can't really talk from all I saw was bam, 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 you know.
5: What did you think of uh,
12: Joshua's effort on this goal? He's got four now. Yeah
11: yeah i mean he's got four as a fourth liner i mean but like everybody else that it was a goal but i mean i thought that line for the first time maybe all year didn't have much energy either and and uh and i figure if that line doesn't have any energy why i got to figure it out
12: Bruce, with your club you've been scoring so regularly of late and then two straight mm-hmm. games with just one goal looks like you're still getting similar number of chances and opportunities. What's the difference in your view?
11: Well, I mean, I think like the uh, last couple of games, we haven't got anything on the power play. It sort of threads our energy type thing when we score off that. It sort of just builds for everybody else. And um, uh, I just think if we, if we get ahead, we're a much better team playing ahead, even though we've blown some leads. But, I mean, a much more energized team throughout the game
12: your club's effort level early on in the season there were games where perhaps it felt like your club had been outworked i know you said you thought your club was outplayed in the first but um, how did you view the energy level no we were outworked
11: i mean yeah i mean they came at us and you could see them passing our guys coming coming back and i mean they were skating faster and the and, like, I mean, the last game, it was about winning the one-on-one battles, and Washington came up with them. Tonight, uh, they were – we knew that this team, that on turnovers, if we didn't get the puck deep, they, they're the best transition team in the league. They just – they take off right away. And uh, um, so, I mean, when we're not getting it deep, we're not catching them because we weren't as quick as them.
10: Bruce,
4: we've heard, I've worked a few times over the past two games here. Um, with this group, you've been around them for a while.
11: Is that the most dangerous thing to you guys? Just being out. Well, for me, I mean, uh, uh, you can you can win and lose games, but I mean, getting outworked is sort of uh, you just, that can't happen. Like, I mean, you have to have the will and the want to want to win the game more than more than the other team. And uh, I just thought the Washington game and this game, and uh, we got outworked, whereas in the Colorado and the. Vegas game, we outwork two of the best teams in the league, so it's hard to decipher why we can't get that consistency right now. The will to
4: want that you mentioned there, do you think that might be something that J.T. Miller is talking about with immaturity?
11: I don't know, it might be. I don't know. I don't know what he's. Uh, I'll have to talk to him tomorrow and see what he's talking about.
12: More like knee, groin, is there? You say
1: I could
11: look to me like lower body, but I have no idea right now.
1: What more can you do with your club? Um,
12: when they're
11: being out works as often as they are this season? Not as often as they are this season, as, a, as they were tonight. I mean, you can just, I mean, I don't know. We can go back to step one and and uh, and, and see what it is. Like, I mean, I'm not making excuses for them, but they did play four games in six nights with a lot of travel. So maybe that that's it. But I'll find the reason and we'll correct the reason. as to, uh, Hopefully tomorrow.
2: That is Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux. and at a loss for words. I don't know. He kept saying, and uh, Hayden uh, from Vancouver texted in from Coal Harbour. I love Bruce, but his favorite post-match statement is, "I don't know." If he doesn't know, what hope do, does do us supporters have? And I mean, a lot of that kind of sentiment. And, and it was fr- Frank also sent sent a text in and said the Canucks doubled down on this by signing J.T. Miller instead of Bo, and that's why is the culture is what it is this culture has existed for three years.
4: I mean, you can go even further back. Basically, Uh, post-deans. Hey,
2: and I'm not saying uh, Miller is, um, is absolved of guilt here. They all wear it. But, he was here before that. And that, and this was still going on. The contract extension hasn't added. This isn't a new thing. And to Cole's point, the reason I will stick up for Boudreaux, I don't think it's Boudreaux's fault either. What can Boudreaux do? I mean, these guys aren't ready to play they're not professional enough sometimes they're just not is that his fault did they, they did the same thing under Travis Green it's a second coach Bruce Boudreaux, one of the nicest best players coaches around got the most out of him for 57 games but apparently the guys hey they got 57 games of Boudreau. we got this coach you know what coach listen all we need was 57 games of you now I don't know if that message resonates with us I mean it's it's not it's not the JT extension. In and of itself, you, know, you can hate it and, and not like what it does with the team. That's a different conversation. But that's not the reason they're doing what they're doing. And Bruce Boudreaux is not the reason they're losing games right now either. It's the group as a whole. That's what it is. It, it's, I, I think it's just okay to say they're not good enough. N- n- not only are they not good enough. They're not consistent enough. N- no, no, no. not
4: really anything But enough. you
2: know what's worst is when you're worse than the sum of your parts. And I get that you're... Poorly built and all that sort of stuff. But what we're talking about is readiness to play. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're talking about effort and baseline or baseline battle winning and everything. And, and Bruce didn't want to throw him under the bus completely. And he did say, hey, we don't always get outworked. And, and that's fair. It's not always getting outworked. But it's not having discipline. It's, it's frequent enough that asking the question the way it was asked is fair. Well, it's either it's either you being outworked or or you're not working hard enough. Or that you're losing confidence and you shrivel in the moment. You wilt. Whatever it is, you don't handle it well enough. You know, you and I have this conversation
4: a lot when we're trying to you know, have discussions about evaluating players, and, and just to reduce it to something a bit more simple, just to say, what are you and how consistent are you at that? Yeah. Okay, what is this team? And, and specifically, like, what are some of these players and how consistent are they at that? There's a lot of inconsistency amongst the players. Like, even yeah. on a player that we're excited about in the past two weeks, Elias Petterson, now here's two rough games. Right? Like, it, it's... It's destabilizing to constantly go through that, yeah. and then pitch that through the entire group. Um, Garland, Besser. like you, you, honestly, like
2: you show up to Rogers Arena, you pay your money. I don't think you know what you're going to see every single. No, night. you know. I mean, not happy. Tom texted in and said, "Hey, me, and my wife, spend you know thousands of dollars in half season tickets. Not happy right now. Not enjoying this. I mean, I, I feel it. I mean, on home ice." Like, these these are your stakeholders that you're not sh- showing up for. You know, and, and that's that's a problem. Uh, a lot of, like this one, Scott from Tawasson sat, sat the other night. It's amazing what a few wins can do for fan morale. Well, on the flip side, it's amazing what a couple of losses like this can do. Mm-hmm. I don't even have interest in watching the next game. Tough day to be a fan. That's Scott from Tawasson. And this is the thing. I mean, you as a fan, you're, op- you're conditioned to start believing a team is on the right track when they win a lot of games. And you're conditioned to think the team's not very good when they lose a bunch of games and look really bad. And they mess with your emotions because they put you through the ringer doing both, right? They win a bunch of games, you're like, oh, yeah, this might be good. And then they do this on the flip side. And that's how fans end up feeling the way they're feeling. All right, let's go to the phone boards. A lot of reaction there as well. 604-280-0650. And we'll go to Brian in Burnaby holding on for a while. Brian, thanks for hanging on, man. Uh, What do you have for us tonight? Mm
13: Hey uh thanks guys. Um well, uh I can tell you right now it uh, wouldn't surprise me if um this uh management group uh at least decided amongst themselves um that uh after these two uh diff- back-to-back deflating losses to you know just uh pack it in for the season. Um obviously that doesn't necessarily mean that you know, we're going to see a see a trade tomorrow or e- even um you know Trade rumors necessarily uh, com- coming up, coming up in flurries. But um, yeah, I mean, it's um, you know with the with the you know kind of the lack of the lack of effort, the lack of um, professionalism. Like it's it's um, you know it's it's hard to sell this this fan base on on any sort of plan that's not a scorched earth rebuild. You know, with the way the teams. Planning right now, and um, you know, I know, um, I know we've, I know we've talked a lot about um, about you know the type of trades um, that this uh, managed group's been wanting to make, um, often focusing around you know clearing out cap space. But you know, see, seeing, but you know, with the with the ongoing conversation about the roster not having the right mix and all that stuff, I just sort of wonder, you know, do you, do you? Do you, you know, focus less on trying to move cap space considering it's so hard and maybe just... Right. Hey, Brian, trying. thanks
2: for the phone call. Yeah, uh, good run there. I, I think I get what you're trying to say. Do you just focus instead of just clearing cap space, making moves, like making some sort of a hockey move or some to some deal? Maybe that becomes a, a something you would look at. I mentioned this on the show today. If you're looking at teams that want to acquire Conor Garland, for, for instance, what you're looking at is either trying to get an expiring contract in return, so you get the money off the, your books at the end of the season. Or you're looking at a situation because teams are capped out. The Connor Conor Garland equivalent in a different position. Right. Or you might be in a position where, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I'm not saying you should make this trade, but you wonder, let, let's say a team like Toronto comes calling. You may want Alex Kerfoot because the contract expires and you're out from under it. That will be a nice little swap, for instance, and hey, at least you get the money off your books. But what if they look at it and say, hey, we want you to take Cali Yarncroak's contract too. So you got three years remaining at over $2 million per season. Those are the things you might be looking at mm-hmm. during the season. Is that worth doing? And that's something this management team may have to try to ask itself. May have to be asking itself. Yeah, and
4: you know I'll, I'll mention it again. It's, it's not that we don't want to see changes. I'll, I'll speak for myself here. Like I, I, I do think changes are coming. I just don't think they're going to come at the timeline people want because this management group has the luxury of some patience here. Yeah. Just because they're recently hired, they're less than a year into this uh later on this month will be uh Jim Rutherford's uh, one year anniversary and next month will be uh patrick Alvines. and again I'll just one year uh, anniversary oh uh, uh, what else you supposed to call it called? no that's right no yeah. Yeah, no yeah um but like i I'll play this out again like Tyler myers right now has a five million dollar signing bonus in the off season uh his contract like the asset of Tyler myers becomes more valuable as less money be is is on it and so do you want to rush this? You know OEL, we've talked about it is so difficult to move the, move out. Um, is a buyout an option? Does that open up some cap space for you? 7 million dollars uh, available for you. Someone like Connor Garland. Like again, it's it, it, it might it, the is offseason is going to be easier for offseason for Brock or Connor Garland or is it injuries at the deadline yeah. and someone's like, "Hey, we can take a guy." It, it's waiting for the opportunity. And and me personally, I would wait for the opportunity because so much has to do and it has to be done here. You need to maximize your return in all of these transactions. You can't just win one and say, okay, we're good. It's, I know that's frustrating,
2: but you're just going to have to wait. And,
4: it's not just, oh, wait and put your faith in management.
2: It's just wait because it's the most logical thing to do. Wait to make the right moves instead of making moves they're going to regret making later. Not because you're trading somebody away, but what you're getting back in return or not getting back in return. That's the thing. It's not your hesitancy to move guys. It's the hesitancy to make a deal that's going to hurt you more than it helps you. Because you only have so many opportunities to extract value out of Cause these they don't have because exa- And because they don't have a ton of extra assets... That means they have to hit on every one of those trades as well. You it's a it's a it's 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 a it's a thread they're gonna have to yeah. a, be, a needle to have the thread. thread. Yeah. And even something like retaining money on
4: Bo Horvat to trade, which I know is not a popular thing, but you retain him at the end of the season or, or closer to the trade deadline, will you maximize what that return looks like? Right. It, yeah. It, it's something like one point two five. Million dollars after the cap,
2: or after the deadline on someone's cap, that's palatable. Well, far easier to do. Far easier for you to do at that point. All right, let's try to get one more call in before we get to the top of the hour. We'll get some player audio on the other side as well. Uh, let's go to Langley, where we where we have Corey on the line. Corey, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Yeah,
7: thanks for having me, guys. Um, I just uh, wanted to clear up uh, some things. Maybe you can help me. Uh, I. I Dr. Demko, uh, when he was young, I think still in college, around nineteen, had had a couple of hip
2: surgeries. Did he not? Uh, he had he had a hip surgery after college, before coming to the pros. Yes,
7: and that's correct. Okay, yeah. And now, what I'm thinking and feeling is that he might have another hip surgery uh, coming up here because that didn't look that didn't look too good when he fell when he fell there in the in the first period. Um, uh, but I also wanted to ask you a question on what uh, his surgery was. In the off-season, I know that he was injured there and he had had some surgery, and I just want to get uh, a little more information about that. So thanks for having me.
2: Hey, thanks thanks for the phone call, Corey. I mean, as far as the off-season surgery, there they haven't really been on the record too much about it. Um, I know it's believed there it may have been a knee surgery and all that sort of stuff for Thatcher Demko. The severity, we don't quite know. The, everybody's so mum on injuries and stuff now and what, what actually happened or not. We don't know exactly what the injury was. We know it's a lower body injury. It may have been the knee. I know a lot of people are speculating it's the hip, which there's also history for and everything like that. We're just going to have to wait. And even even so, big, I'm not even sure we'll get an answer in two days. It may just say he's out indefinitely mm-hmm. and lower body injury. I mean, with Wade, they don't say anything nowadays. It's hard to really nail down. And unless somebody goes on the record to tell you, it's hard to report on it properly as well. It's it's one of those situations. Uh, let's try to get one more call in here before we get to the top of the hour. Get me uh, quick. Let's go to Gary in Maple Ridge. Gary, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Gary.
13: Hello?
2: Hey. All right. What you got?
8: Okay. Um, I'm gonna say. So I'm gonna tell you a little story about myself and my my father. My dad was a executive director purchasing for a major hotel called the Hotel Vancouver. Okay. If you've been if you've ever been in it, it's the one with the big green roof on the top. Now he always told me that he didn't want to be embarrassed about. Uh, people who are coming in and being badly served. Well, I was 12 years old and he told me have had some.
2: Uh, I think we just dropped him. All right. Uh, Gary, we'll try to get back on the other side. Uh, we will get to more of your calls as go to well, break. Sorry, Gary. and more of your text messages as well as the Connect Center Post Game Show rolls on on the home here, Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
0: Now more of the Canucks Central post-game show, bringing you the most Canucks coverage in BC, only on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
10: They uh, they took it to us, and they looked like the more desperate team, and and they just wanted it more in the first period. Um, you know, I thought uh, in the second and the third, I thought we played a lot better. But at the same time, when you get down by three, and just kind of takes the wind out of yourself, especially in the last couple of minutes there. Um, just again, it wasn't a good enough effort for us tonight, especially at home.
2: Canucks lose five-one. That is, Canucks captain Bull Horvat after the loss against the Florida Panthers on Hall of Fame night. Nonetheless, and this is the Canucks Center post-game show on Sportsnet six fifty and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox six fifty-six fifty. And um, Gary, call back. We're getting
4: ripped in the. Inbox. We'll,
2: we'll get you. We'll get you back. Hey, hey listen, uh, is like, um, Tanbeer like, why'd you drop him? Others are like, why? Hey, w- we have a hard out at fifty-eight because of network, and we have to go to break. Like, we we can't even go a second longer if we wanted to. It was just poor timing on it. That's why we try to say be be quick. But Gary. Poor. Poor uh,
4: caller management by Sat right there. Your yeah, puck I won't on the ice. Yeah, it was. I will call say call though. Management.
2: I will say also since Bick brought it up, Bick went to me and said he gave the phone signal to me like, "Hey, take another phone call," and I did without looking at the time.
4: Where's the accountability?
2: <laughs> That's no. I was. <laughs> we're both blaming each other. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this is the culture we breed here. <laughs> Just blame the other person. Pass the buck. It wasn't on me. Yeah. Look, we did say be quick. Gary and Langley says, you re-hook up with Grat Gary and I'll drop you. All right, all right, fine. We'll see what happens. We'll see if <laughs> – But people are like, do I need a monthly subscription to hear the end of Gary's story or something? <laughs> We're so sorry, man. I know. We're so and sorry. And I tried to say be quick, and I'm like, oh, when, when, as soon as he started saying, hey, we, I got a story, I'm like, oh, God, no. And not because I don't want to hear his story, but I'm like, this might be trouble for the timing. So call back, and, and we'll get you on. Uh, all right, let's continue on the phone boards and open up a phone board as well for uh, for, some, uh, for for some Gary to call back in. Let's go to a, a Surrey where we have Ryan on the line. Ryan, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight?
12: Uh, hey, boys, uh, I'd like to add to the Stillman discussion you had earlier about how the motive of the trade to acquire him was getting rid of the Dickinson cap hit. Yeah. That is wrong. I have the real reason why that trade went down. Uh, you see, management, they had a brain fart. They thought his dad, Corey, was still playing. So they thought that was the Stillman they were getting. But uh, jokes aside, I'm sick and tired of the politics behind the decision to play him. It's clearly management making that call. The fact that he still has a longer leash than Burroughs just goes to show that the current regime is just as selective and delusional as the previous one. And moreover, I know this has nothing to do with the game. You probably discussed it in a previous show. But uh, Luongo holds franchise records in a million categories. Hall of Famer has his number retired by the Panthers, but not by us. And only a ring of honor. No disrespect to Naslim, but his numbers in the Raptors and Luango's isn't. What a joke! Thanks for taking my call.
2: Hey, uh, thanks for the phone call. Ryan bringing some heat as well and has a bit of a joke. Corey Stillman, they were going after The the rare uh, jokes per 60 on the phone line. Yes. Usually they come in on the uh, text
4: line, which we always
2: love. We love it. Uh, On the point about playing Riley Stillman, on the record, They've been asked. Rutherford's been asked. But I, mean, I asked them twice. I've asked them twice. I hmm. asked them once earlier this season. Is there any sort of collaboration in-
4: between management and coaching staff? And then,
2: like, we outright asked them about, like, you know, Stillman and guys, like, hey, you know, how much goes into this? Again, in both times, very much so. And, and even me asking around, I, I keep hearing it's the coach's call. Now, I know others believe it's not or what, something like that. It's, listen, we're not there. We can only go by what we've been told or whatever. He's been out enough games. I don't think it's management really breathing down their neck. Because if they wanted him in, he we wouldn't come out. And he has come out. Bruce does seem to favor him to some degree, it seems like.
4: And part of it is lefty-righty thing.
2: Yeah. And I also think,
4: like, Bruce Pugler's not worried about scratching Kyle Burrows. Like, as far as how's the player going to react when he's out of the lineup. Right? Like, like when you scratch Connor Garland, when you scratch Kuzmenko, and you scratch Hoaglander, you know, hey, it's like I got to get this guy back in. He's going to be agitated, all this sort of stuff. Young players trying to develop, trying to grow. I don't know if he's generally worried about um, Kyle Burrow's morale
2: when he gets scratched. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I'm totally there with you. Uh, okay, people keep texting and asking about Gary. Gary has called back. Gary's got more pushback than some of the players showed tonight. <laughs> if, if if the Canucks this is how you battle through if the adversity. Fought, if the Canucks fought for each other the way our listeners fight for each other, maybe they wouldn't be losing five one guys Absolutely. like this. Absolutely, all right. Absolutely. Uh, let's go back to the phone boards. Gary, thanks thanks for calling back in, man. Sorry for cutting you off. Please please finish your story.
8: Uh, yes, I'm. Uh, I'll I'll be quick though. Okay, thank you. Like I said, I was 12 years old. My uh, I didn't get served. My dad was very he was really upset now this guy was he was a member of a motorcycle gang when he was 17 he walked into the kitchen i heard a pot and uh, like the noise you could hear it all all over the restaurant he fired the entire kitchen he came he came out to me he said we're going home and he told me nobody embarrasses me nobody embarrasses the hotel vancouver and in my opinion Ten goals to two. The Canucks need a new general manager. And I would say a couple of new players, frankly, where no, as my dad would say, where no damn good. And by the way, i I like to thank the producer for letting me come back on. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks, guys.
2: Hey, thanks for the phone call. That is Gary from Maple Ridge Calling. Did he say his dad was a... The head of a motorcycle gang? I think a customer was. Customer was. Oh, right. Customer was, and he threw him out. I don't don't do nobody I'm glad we got the call back in. Yeah, that was fantastic.
4: Thank you to the, the listeners for uh, pulling the jerseys over Satin Eye and throwing punches.
2: Campaigning for your guy.
4: We took a cheap shot on Gary because we cut him off, and, and the people backed him up. <laughs>
2: Well done. And, again,
4: thank you for Gary calling back in.
2: Oh, absolutely fantastic. All right, uh, let's continue on the phone board. 604-280-0650. toll toll-free. 275 650 Let's go to Grand Prairie, where we have our friend Travis on the line. Travis, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hey, guys. Uh, well,
12: it's die-hard night here in my house, so that kind of saved the night for me. But uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, it's the first Christmas movie, so December 1st. Um <laughs> They're an easy team to play against, we've all said that, but it's not because they're small and they're really nice guys, because they are. But I think it's, there's, a, there's a few things coming in that you can notice on the ice. Um, when a team gets an odd man rush against the Canucks, there's several compound chances, but the Canucks, they don't really get that when it goes the other way. In fact, a lot of times they have to go four or five guys to get to the net because their skates, when they receive that pass from the D, are usually facing our goalie. And It shows me the team, they're not really playing together at a primal lever level but they they have a lot of skill and they're very reactionary this team they're they they do not drive the play but that skill that's how come they're, they're winning a few of the games they're never going to be as bad as the low teams so i don't think we're ever going to win the uh the first overall draft pick so people should stop that that kind of thought this roster is really good if you traded away these players i don't think you'd get back what you're giving out so why is it in this culture we bring in players we bring in coaches gms professional hockey people they get here and the, the results are like this it's, a, it's like um club met out here at the 500 game they, they would have been 500 if they would have won 10 10 and 3 they blew it so how yeah. do they respond they blow it again exactly just as terrible and to me that says a lot about the character and like the one listener said they're not playing together so even the fans are looking at individuals what's wrong with that individual but i think it goes beyond that i mean the statue we love is a guy surrendering and i do love it i remember that game when i was six i loved it i'm 46 i still love it but it says a lot about the character and the culture of this i'm going to leave you with one last question um watching this is kind of like watching the canucks play another team It's kind of like watching a university rowing team going up against a bunch of campers in a canoe do you think that coaching staff is cohesive like did bruce help pick out his assistants Anyway, they need to change the mentality from "they won" to "we lost" because that mentality does have a difference. Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks for the phone call. Uh, that is Travis calling in from Grand Prairie. I mean, uh, the reporting has been. I know IMAX reported this as well. That Bruce, Picko, pick, Mike O, yeah. um, some of the other guys on the staff. Maybe a bit of an organizational decision. They did promote uh, Trent Call Cole from yeah. the AHL.
4: Jason King's a carryover.
2: Yeah, he's a carryover. Uh, was already under contract and stuff like that. I mean, I think all that, all the questioning is fair. It absolutely yeah, is. The only, the only thing I keep saying is I've seen the same th- thing now through three different, he- two different head coaches and a few different assistants over those years. And I have, you could go even What's beyond the constant?
12: that
2: yeah and like, I'm talking about this course specifically like with all these guys together and it goes back to that bubble year and I, I'm, the North Division year which they were horrible last year they were not very good and obviously this year running up against the same thing a lot of the same stuff's going on they've had two different head coaches and several different assistants over those years I'm not sure it's a coaching issue now I do agree with the notion of wanting better structure and all that, I think those things do matter. But when you watch this team now do the simple things, the issue is, it's like Bruce mentioned yesterday, and I think he nailed it. He's like, forget talking about systems. If you don't win battles, like no system says don't win a battle. No system says don't box out your guy in front of the net. No system says blind backhand passes into the middle of the ice. No system says don't rotate when a guy pinches. No system says these things. No system says don't have your stick in the right lane, right? Right. Like and these are the things they're getting wrong. And
4: like I, again, the frustrating thing is, individually, you can look at it and say, like, hey, this guy is talented. But it's it's the and I don't mean personality. It, it's just the 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 player style mix at times doesn't fit. Just doesn't fit. And and there's too many conflicting player styles to go on consistent yeah. runs. Like we're talking seasons here to. Have productive play, like even if they made the playoffs this year or last year, would you say, hey, nailed on playoff team again this year? No, because they're inconsistent, and it's it's by and large just going to be the same results. And now we, we're talking about short sample size, eight games, twelve games, and it's it's so volatile so often for this team, and and here they are in another uh, small sample size of. Uh,
2: Shocking play. Shocking play. That That is absolutely true indeed. Uh, we'll get to more of your text messages coming up in a second and some phone calls. Ian McIntyre is not going to join us tonight. Uh, up against the clock a little bit. Uh, game went late. A lot of uh, reporting duties and video duties because of the Hall of Fame night as well. Mm-hmm. Try to make it over. Isn't, isn't going to be able to make it over. But we'll get more to more of your reaction here as the post-game show goes on. Uh, this one says, get Alvine on the air. We keep hearing from Rutherford. When do we start hearing from Patrick Alvine a bit more?
4: Uh, he did a media avail. He did
2: one. He did the avail. It was after, after Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear. Yeah, he did an avail. But in terms of interviews and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. he is a bit more quiet in that in that sense. Uh, somebody else texted in and said um, Rutherford is overrated. Look at his teams and the moves he's done in the past. Hockey mom and Gibson's consistent, incon- consistently inconsistent. That's the model of this team. That was an embarrassing effort. Uh, can you even call it that? On an important night, there has to be something we're all missing. It feels so toxic right now. That's Hockey Mom and Gibsons.
4: Losses uh, are toxic. And, yes. And, it, it, again, it just goes to, like, when something goes wrong, how does this team respond? Tonight, they fall apart. And the other night, you lose 5-1. How are you going to respond? The The winning streaks feel like they can happen on a whim, but the losing streaks look like they just take forever to get out of. Yeah. And you start the season, you go zero and seven, and you win two, and then it's loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, loss. And like this is the thing that I've always worried about, like that eight and two, two and eight analogy I've used often. It's like yeah, they probably have the potential to go eight and two, but they're also going to go two and eight, yes, because that's how volatile they are. But it's harder to get out of the two and eight stretch for this team because they are immature yeah. and they do have the tendencies to. Uh, be very fragile.
2: No, they do, and you know they wallow in the lows. When they get on those highs, they can be really, really great. But there just isn't enough of that. I guess maturity's right, and <laughs> it comes with maturity being more balanced, professionalism, moxie, whatever you, you want to call, call it. it. What exactly? Duncan says chemistry is the missing ingredient. Always, uh, this one unsigned. They are very consistent. They lose more than they win for years now. Fair point. Fair point. It is fair point. All right, let's get to one more call, and we'll get to some, a player audio post game. Let's go to Vancouver, where, where we have Randy on the line. Randy, thanks for calling in. What are your thoughts tonight?
14: Yeah, hi, Sidir. Uh, I called in a couple of weeks ago and talked about, you know, dynamic league, et cetera, et cetera. I went to the game tonight, and, you know, I decided I'm just going to watch really closely. I know everybody's talking about structure. You know, I played a bit of hockey, you know, whatever. But, you know, one of the things that kind of – irks me is if from a structure let's get specific about structure we used to play a thing called four plus four plus one in the house back in the day and that meant the centerman had to come down low on the defensive side of the puck even down low when the puck's behind your own net i don't see our sentiment and we got good skating sentiment i don't see them they're coming down low supporting supporting that puck and supporting the defense what's your thoughts on that like why why are they hanging so high like they're mid-ice like you know up by the hash marks like, they got to be on the defensive side of the puck. That are, you played hockey. Like,
8: yeah. I
14: mean, that that's like defense 101 to support the system. And nobody talks about, they were talking about structure, but what structure? So, that to me is structural play. Like, nobody's talking about specifics. And uh, that, that, that that occurred to me when I was watching the game today.
2: We're not coming down low. No, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. Thanks for the I phone mean, call. You're
4: preaching to the choir here. Absolutely. We We talk about centers on this team.
14: Yes, we do.
4: Being on the right side of the puck, being in the right spot. What was the problem last year that Boudreau called out? He called out Elias Pettersson and Po Horvat on a a string of games where they're on the wrong side of the the puck. puck. On the wrong side of the puck again. So you're not wrong. Nope. It's a problem. It's It's a problem. It's a consistent problem. And, like, again, there's talent. So Randy's point, like, yeah. right, it's a small detail, and you got to get the details right for all these other things. For sure. These are the things that you and I harp on over and yep. over and over again, and when you constantly screw up details, you're going to give
2: up oceans of space. 100%. Uh, this text says, Is there a big issue with eagles clashing in the locker room of the Canucks, or is the ownership too involved on the team level of things? So – we, there's been a lot of reports, of course, about the, the you know locker room and disarray and all that sort of stuff. As far as ownership, you know, being too involved, I do believe. When we talked about this at length, I mean, ownership probably was too involved with the previous regime, probably too many decisions. With everything going on now, though, with Rutherford, it's Rutherford. They're in charge of making the decisions. How long is that going to last? We'll see. I think it's just one of those things. It's it's when trust is Breaks, broken, then you start. Do you get involved
4: at some and? I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying at some point like when, when the results don't come, right, do you say like, okay, well, why isn't this happening? You'd, you'd ideally
2: like this firewall to exist, yeah, and for, for that to not happen. Well, and the reason you have Rutherford now is to have that buffer mm-hmm. And I think that buffer exists, and I think that buffer is effective at the moment. We'll see how long. But it seems effective. uh, Every move the Canucks have made, big picture-wise, or big moves, have been management decisions. So I don't think it's ownership. Now, when it comes to ownership, getting a management team that aligns with his vision, that's a fair point. Mm -hmm. Did he hire somebody that said, hey, I'm not doing a full-on rebuild? Great. That's what I want as well. Let's go on our merry way. Clearly, there's some agreement on the mandate to some degree. It's going to be a retool, not a tear down. At least that's what they've said publicly type of deal. But I don't think it's ownership today Now you want to talk about it overall in terms of where the team's at. I mean, you can have whatever opinion you want to have as a fan. I mean, it's up to you. But, and then as far as Eagles clashing in the room, I don't think they're mature enough in that sense. I don't think they have good enough leaders. I don't think it's anything salacious or anything really dramatic in the sense of like, oh, there's some real issues going on with this guy and that guy. I just think it comes down to just, they don't have enough guys who are serious enough about about winning, really, and enough guys who don't care enough about the team, they care more about stats. Look at how these guys play. They chase stats. Boudreaux called it himself. They got a bunch of stat chasers on this team. And I think a team that has a bunch of stat chasers, that's what they look like.
4: It's a lot of individuals. And, again, like, it's not just about liking your, your teammates. Because, you know, we've, we've brought this up with the annex so many times, and like there's gonna be clicks in locker rooms. That's just naturally what happens. There's clicks at workplaces, at your yeah. workplace right now. Like it, it happens. You, you don't have to get along with everyone, but you do have to do your job, no yeah. matter what. And that's why I go back to like the reflection on the ice. Do just just the, the styles of play merge together? Yeah. And realistically, there's one line that you can look at and say, "Oh yeah, they go together." It's the the pedersen
2: mikheyev kazmeyko line. And that's it. And even they last two games yeah. have struggled. All right, uh, let's get one more call in, then we're going to hear from Bull Horvath. Let's go to Mike Reed on the line. Mike, thanks for calling in, buddy. Uh, what do you have for us tonight, man? Hey, Seth. How's it going, man? Good, man. Yo,
6: back-to-back 5-1 losses, you know, Team Canada, soccer. They didn't even <laughs> do that. They just lost, they lost 4-1, you know. Uh, that's tough. But, uh, hey, I just want to uh, – there's the biggest rematch in uh, FIFA World Cup 2010, Luis Suarez, the handball man against Ghana. Ghana wants revenge. Ghana needs a tie or a win.
12: <laughs> we got
6: the AU brothers who are sick, and we got Kudos, the striker who is unbelievable. Who's playing? He's he might be one of the best players in the tournament so far. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this big rematch. Uh, you know, Curtis's girlfriend is from Ghana. Oh, I love he it. loves it. I just want to get your thoughts that.
13: Uh, love to hear
6: it
2: buddy yeah man you got it hey man I'm all for Ghana pulling it off tomorrow
4: at 7am big match and and these uh these matches, these last couple of days, I've been mean, coming down to the wire with like Dude. goal differential, fair play, oh, drawing
2: man. of lots, and all this. Con- that that Mexico match, oh yeah, a Saudi Arabia Mexico match was one of the most intense. I mean, like, today, fun matches. Costa you can Rica
4: watch. taking a lead over Germany, oh. and it's like, oh, are they going through it, and Spain's getting Japan eliminated. Japan beats Japan's Spain in the group, and then uh, Germany with an onslaught of Chaos. goals to just get eliminated. Anyways, and then meanwhile, uh, I would uh, <laughs> tomorrow. I'm, I'm shading towards Ghana. Are you? All right. I, I've been unimpressed. Uh, by uh, group, uh, that's group H, right?
2: Yeah,
4: uh, South Korea and Uruguay. Uh, I've been pretty unimpressed with the uh, the latter two.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on it to pick win Ghana. in advance. Let's do it. All right, I like it. 7 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, 7 a.m. Make sure to watch it. If you're into, I'm not sure I'm going to get up early tomorrow. I'm not getting to bed until like one. Long nights. Two a.m. i to wake up early for the Canada can. match. Brutal, brutal. Only two teams had no points in the in the World Cup. And look at it? our efforts. Qatar. <laughs> In Canada. Anyways, uh. Who's that accountability? There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, we mentioned we get to some player audio. Here is Canucks captain Bull Horvat after a tough 5 1 loss on home
10: ice. They, uh, they took it to us and they looked like the more desperate team and, and they just wanted it more in the first period. Um, you know, I thought, uh, in the second and the third, I thought we played a lot better, but at the same time, when you get down by three and, Just kind of takes the wind out of yourself, especially in the last couple minutes there. Um, Just again, it wasn't a good enough effort for us tonight, especially at home.
12: You guys have had those moments where one goal leads to -to back-to-back goals quick. How do you prevent that, or can you?
10: Yeah, I mean, it's all about the next shift. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's it's so true. I mean, that that next shift is so important after a goal scored against and uh, is a goal scored for it. I mean, you got to keep the momentum going or or cut it off right away. And you know, we didn't do that tonight. We just kind of let them come in waves and. And that's the result right there. How much, How much concern this? is there around Thatcher right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you lose your starter like that, I mean, and you really put weight on his leg. Obviously, we're concerned about him. I'm um, not sure the severity of it, but hopefully he's going to be okay and back in our lineup soon. Is
12: there a mental side to all of it, bro? when you give up one, and You're worried about getting up and swing right away?
10: I mean, you know, you could say it's mental, but at the end of the day, you got to work. And, and, you know, they outworked us, especially in the first period. And, just wasn't good enough on uh, all areas of the ice uh, for us tonight and and it's disappointing and you know we got to nip that in the butt right away because we're still not out of it and and we got to prepare for the next game you know
1: how concerning is it though that you have back-to-back games that go this way after how positive the road trip yeah
10: it's disappointing because we obviously wanted to you know make treat this homestand especially after a great road trip like we had um we wanted to come in and keep keep that uh, that ball rolling and we obviously haven't done that here in the first first two games at home, and we got to figure it out quick. Did you think you got to work throughout the first period, or just toward the latter half as that minute? Um, no, I thought. I mean, we gave up way too many on man rushes. I thought the whole first period we were we weren't very good, um, and they just kept coming. And you know, it could have been a lot worse. If Thatcher didn't stand on his head, you know, it could have been a lot worse than three nothing. So, um, again, that, that's on us. As a
12: shooter, do you see anything? Different? Yeah. It's a hockey club to this point, are, are you seeing chances still? Yeah, oh yeah.
10: No, I mean, if, if we weren't getting our chances, I'd be a lot more worried. But, you know, we had tons of chances, especially in the first uh, or the second half of that game. Um, you know, it's just a matter of those. Those were going in before, and, and they weren't going in tonight or, you know, uh, obviously last game. So um, eventually they're going to start going in again.
2: That is Canucks captain Bull Horvat after tonight's loss. Says they have to stop it quick here on the homestand, but uh, the Canucks came into this homestand. One game from five hundred. They had to beat the Washington Capitals. Had to beat the Washington Capitals for the first time this season, the Vancouver Canucks would be five hundred on the season, giving themselves a chance to perhaps, maybe just maybe, inch back into the playoff picture. Instead, they've now lost back to back games. And they now are six points under five hundred. So now they have to win three games. Sorry, they have to win three games in a row. Not six points. They have to win three games in a row now to get to five hundred. And the best they can do on this homestand, this four-game homestand, is B500. At least Arizona's coming up in Montreal and San Jose. Mm-hmm. Hey, pff, great. Yeah, it, it's just like
4: you need the worst teams in the league to come through to, yeah. to try to, to to salvage this. It's just...
2: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, this text unsigned. He, sh- he should say something like, thank God we play in this division. Because they have some tough bad teams coming up, Tanbeer says, "Nip that in the bud." Over under, how many times has Bo said that this season? I'll say over under eight and a half. It might be high actually, but I do agree. It's yeah, yeah. He said it's been a, it's been a lot. I mean, I mean, we we've had moratoriums on player po- on, on player yeah
4: embargoes, because
2: people were just like, we've heard this before. I know. If people ask us, though, hey, you got to play audio, so yeah. we do acquiesce and play some audio eventually here and there because from the players. But I don't hear anything from Bo that's any I, different. Yeah, I, I've got a line. A friend of mine have a, a
4: line uh, about like getting invited to parties. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I've been to
2: that party before.
4: Yes. You know, like There's some social know. events. It's like, I'm not going to go. I've, I've been, been to there. that party before. Been there before. I,
2: I've heard that audio before. Yes, many times. I don't need it again. No. Alright, uh well a couple more texts I'll get in here. Uh you shouldn't take the call. It's it's the Canucks post game show, not a FIFA postgame show. It's okay, <laughs> it's it's two seconds, it's alright. Uh William and Langley, no way Brazil's turn tomorrow, my friends. Vamos Brazil. So Yeah, we'll they see. look good. We'll see how it goes. But Brazil's not playing Ghana. We're just saying that in that match. I know. I know I'm just saying. He's just but saying, be hyped. Be hyped. Saying. There was an anti-soccer text, so I gave a pro-soccer text. Just keeping the balance in the universe is all. We out here. All right. all right. Uh, thanks, to everybody, listening and participating uh, on the, with the post-game show. Always a lot of fun. We appreciate every single one of you. Uh, can't wait to be back at it again on the weekend. In the meantime, we're back on air tomorrow. Bik Nizar on the People Show. He's coming up from 3 to 4. And I'm Satyar Shah. I believe Jamal Mayer's on the show tomorrow. Oh, Jamal Mayer's. Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. Sportsman NHL analyst. Yes. He's really good at breaking down details of the game as well. Yeah. So I look forward to hearing his discussion. Uh, it's Sat. I'm with Dan Riccio tomorrow, 4 to 6 on Canuck Central. It's the Friday mailbag. So send in your questions at Satyar Shah. And you can also make sure to listen because we have Yannick Hansen on. Can I get Friday. an early submission in for the mailbag? Yes. Will the Canucks be 500 after the next three <laughs> games? Uh, Man, maybe we should put a moratorium on 500. (laughs) Talked about that enough this season. Man, all right. Uh, Again, thanks so much for everybody listening and participating with the show. Thanks to Josh, Ben, and Lena producing the show. And we appreciate every single one of you. Much love. This has been the Canuck Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.